Good evening. Thanks for letting us have this opportunity to uh, give our presentation and see what we have coming up. Security alert. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. There we go. We're all good. good. We're going to uh, basically start up where we left off this morning with uh, telling you just a little bit more about the organization TWR, formerly known as Trans World Radio. Since they don't do strictly radio anymore, they've gone to the acronym. Their calling is to reach the world for Jesus Christ by mass media so that lasting fruit is produced. That's their calling. They currently broadcast to 190 countries in over 300 languages with a potential audience of 4 billion people. And we're showing here a map of where their broadcasts are around the world. For those that are just listening, we will have a copy of this in Information Central near our cards if you want to pick that up on Sunday when you're here next. But you can see where they are. They're based out of Bonaire in the Caribbean, Guam. They are in West Africa, uh, Europe, uh, Southeast Asia, Central Asia. So it's a very, very large broadcast footprint. Okay, well, TWR does a, a bunch of things. They partner with like-minded mission organizations to produce radio content or produce internet or uh, social media items. Uh, they partner with uh, several hundred different like-minded organizations to help distribute information, broadcast, uh, radio, they actually uh, distribute radios, they distribute Bible study materials around the world through their partner organizations. And those partner organizations do a, a quite a bit of discipling of folks on the ground to help link them up with either other believers or local churches where they are. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll repeat the story we, had, we told this morning and give you the rest of it as Paul Harvey would say. Uh, in Central Asia, in one of the Stan countries, um, they had received a written request for some Bible study materials from a listener. And that listener was from a very restrictive country, very closed, very dangerous to travel to. The team uh, received that and prayed about it for 10 days. What should we do to satisfy this request for a believer in this country to get Bible study materials? After 10 days, one of the team members said, I need to go deliver this material to this brother. He gathered a bunch of it up, put it in his briefcase, and got into his car and started driving. He went through two countries to get to the third country where that listener was from. Didn't have any trouble through the first two. Got to the third country where the listener had written from. Went, got to the customs office and was instructed to go into this private office. The customs official closed the door behind him, started rummaging through his bags, and he found the Bible study materials in there, which were illegal to have in that country. And the customs official said, what are these? What are you doing with these here? The man said a quick prayer and said, well, 
I work for a media organization and a listener in this country wrote to us asking for this Bible study material. And I'm here to meet him. The customs official looked down, looked up, and he said, I am that man. So only God could orchestrate that kind of meeting. I'd like to introduce you to our family. These are the dear ones that we will be leaving behind. Our daughter Jennifer is married to Brennan, and they live in the Elger Heights neighborhood of Grand Rapids. Our younger daughter Shelley and her husband Ross live uh, near Lake Makatawa in Holland, and they have two children. Clara is six and a half, and Jacob is three and a half. That's the hardest part. Our story kind of began back in the late 90s. Um, my mother had a seasonal property down in Florida, and we would take our daughters down there when they were in middle school and high school, and we spent a lot of vacations there. It was a beautiful place, but it wasn't for us. We would be bored within a week, and we, the, the expectation was, was that this was going to be ours when we retired. But we knew that that was not the kind of retirement lifestyle that was suited for us. So in 2010, I started working for our church in Brighton's missions department. And very soon thereafter, became acquainted with an organization called Mission Next, formerly known as Finishers Forum. It was designed to be a matchmaking service, so to speak, for later in life seekers to missions with organizations who had reason to use them, had jobs for them to do. And so in, um, this immediately struck a chord with us. It was like, yeah, that is going into missions when we retire. That is, I mean, God was just putting it on our hearts right at that point. And so we were looking for one of their forums that were gonna be held. And we finally found one that was going to be in Spartanburg, South Carolina in May of 2013. We made the drive down there. And in one of the breakout sessions, um, we were selected to be interviewed. And they wanted to know all about our educational background, our work experience, the jobs that we'd done in our church, our spiritual giftings, our families, what languages we spoke, have we traveled anywhere, where do we see ourselves? And then each of the three, there were three mission organizations that were sitting up front. And one of them said, we could use you and our organization to teach English in China. No, no thank you. The second one, it was so unremarkable, we don't even remember what it was. <laughs> but the third organization said, we could use you right now at our missionary guest house in Vienna, Austria. And we kind of looked at each other and thought, we, we could, could do, do that. that. And, but it wasn't time. But it wasn't time. It was, it, we just never felt that it was the right time to do it then. It was when we retire. And we still have several years yet. So fast forward to 2020. And of course, we all know that COVID hit. 
And I was working for Metro Health Hospital at the time. And when COVID hit, all the elective procedures stopped, they closed clinics, and uh, they had to cut expenses. So I got an email from our CEO giving me the opportunity, me and any employee that wanted it, an opportunity to take a three-month unpaid leave of absence that they would pay my benefits, and I may or may not get called back. Thought about that overnight, prayed about it overnight, and the next, literally the next day, we heard the Lord saying, go. We felt compelled to take that opportunity so that we could begin actively searching for a mission organization where we could be serving. So on Sunday, May 10th, we filled out profiles at Mission Next. That was, I last stopped working on Friday the 8th. We filled out the profile. Within three days, we heard from three different mission organizations with some information about, wow, yeah, come talk to us some more. And during the six weeks I was off of work, I did get called back, um, we filled out the very lengthy applications for three organizations um, and had initial con detailed conversations with them over those six weeks that would never have had if I had been working. So the Lord allowed us to not have a job while we did this. From the very beginning when we talked with TWR, we felt very much a connection with both the organization, but also specifically for this job that they had posted for member care and staff development. We found out that it would be serving the Europe and Camina region. Camina stands for Central Asia, uh, Middle East, North Africa. The missionaries themselves in that region are all located in Europe with the exception of one. And that we would be serving in Cyprus and we were looking to serve for maybe four to six years or for as many years as the Lord gives us. Uh, Cyprus is located in the far eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea, south of Turkey, and uh, west of Syria and Lebanon, kind of in a hot spot. And we will be in the city of Paphos, which is on the far southwest corner of the island. And if you want to see more about Paphos, read Acts chapter 13, where Paul and Barnabas uh, passed through on their first missionary journey. Uh, John Mark was still with them at this time. Uh, we hope to get a three-bedroom, and one of them will say Paul slept here, one of them would say Barnabas slept here, and one of them would say John Mark slept here, and we'll call it the PBJ house. <laughs> there will be about 65 individuals with their families that we will be serving. Uh, they come from 20 different nationalities and are spread across 17 countries. That sounds a little bit daunting, but most of the people that we will be serving are serving in the country of their passport. So um, their children are enrolled in schools where they would normally be enrolled, and their spouses are working in secular jobs, many of them, 
in the country where they have their passports. So that makes it a lot um, easier for them. They're not working cross-culturally, other than the whole work is cross-cultural. So, um, so that's pretty exciting to us to be in this kind of work. Yeah. Any questions at this point? It's not. Okay. <laughs> I was having discussions with uh, Mission Next about having one of their forums at our church, and I found I heard this story, which I thought was very interesting. A couple had retired and wanted to serve the Lord, and they were called to go to the island of New Guinea. Don't know which side. And um, she was working on the base, the missionary base, uh, in the school, just, you know, working in the school office there. And he was working on uh, building and grounds maintenance. And one day he and another colleague were out on the grounds and up against an outbuilding, they came across a fire truck, almost completely covered in vegetation. And the guy said, what on earth is this fire truck doing here? And they said, well, somebody donated it. They thought we might need a fire truck for the compound. But the problem is, is it doesn't run, and nobody here is trained with how to use a fire truck. Well, this man was a retired firefighter. And he got the truck running, and he was able to teach those on the base how to use a fire truck, how to use all the parts to it. And about that time, his wife became ill from the climate, and they had to go home. And we just thought it was so interesting that God would send somebody halfway around the world to fix a fire truck. Well, we hope that we're long there for a longer period of time than that. But we feel that God has given us some unique gifting and some, a unique calling, and that there is going to be someone or something very specific that he is calling us there for. And we're really excited about finding out exactly what that is. I remember on my very first mission trip to Germany, as I was walking into um, our meeting with um, the mission committee, and they said to me, how can we be praying for you on this trip? And just like that, it came to my mind, pray for me that I might be able to witness to one of the parents of the students to whom I'll be teaching English. And sure enough, there was a parent on that trip that I was able to share the gospel with in German, and so I see, have seen throughout our lives and our experiences how God has intricately woven together a tapestry and is now preparing us to do his work in Europe and Camina. As part of our unique calling, my background, I'm a technical geek. I have a degree in computer science, undergrad, I have a business degree, a master's business degree. I've been working in IT my whole career. Uh, I've been most recently doing project management. Um, and 
I've also had the privilege of working with cross-cultural team, multicultural teams around the world. Um, and being that TWR has a lot of technical folks working for them, I can relate to them very easily because I've been there and I've done that. Do, do I understand all technology? Heck no. But, but I understand technology enough to relate to the struggles they may be going through or the challenges that they may have. I was involved in member care in our church, which was um, just fascinating to me. Um, we had about 110 missionaries that in our missions budget that we cared for, still right to over 50 of them. And just knowing the struggles that they've gone through, knowing the joys that they experience on the field, knowing what they go through when they come home on home assignment and various things like that. I feel that that has prepared me quite a bit. I've also studied in Austria and in Germany. Um, and then together, um, we've served missionaries in our home, stayed with us, we fed them. Um, we visited them on the field, a number of them, just to say, how's it going? As well as a number of short-term mission trips that we've been on. So what is member care? And why is it important? So here's the, the pat answer is uh, <laughs> member care is coming alongside the team to help them be prepared, equipped, encouraged, and empowered for effective and sustainable work and life. And the goal is to prevent, avoid preventable attrition. Uh, it's fairly common for a family to spend two to three years getting onto the mission field. Then they go to language school for one or two years. And after another year or two, they're coming home, totally burned out. It has been enormous use of resources, emotionally, physically, um, financially, and the toll that it takes is just enormous. So we want to keep people healthy. And hopefully most of what we get to do is preventative. Well, we, the things that we help to do is we know, and we've already experienced it in our preparation, is fiery darts of the evil one against people that want to serve Jesus Christ. A bunch of you, I know, have seen that in your lives and in your serving. We want to help them maintain a strong spiritual life. Uh, we've seen a good evidence of that already in the field with TWR, with folks doing daily devotions, both as a group and individually. Um, people being part of a local church wherever they are. Um, but help them maintain a strong spiritual life. Um, we work with them for relation, relationships in terms of making sure they're healthy. One of the common problems or stress that's out in the field is conflict within teams, particularly when you have multi-cultures on the same team. You can say one thing and somebody raised in a different culture will completely interpret that differently, even though you never intended it to be that way. So just to have good relationships amongst our team, um, yeah, and um, then also to be concerned about their emotional and physical health. Are they getting enough exercise? Are they seeing a doctor on a regular basis, too, like a checkup or things like that? Um, how's your emotional well-being doing? 
And then family dynamics can be a big part, particularly if someone has children. How's their education going? Are they, be, you know, are they being educated to how you like it? And are they progressing well? Um, because the evil one attacks families, it attacks marriages. We are dearly aware of some other folks where the evil one has attacked their children. And you know, sometimes that they have to come back and get off the field. So we want to help, you know, just make the make sure these things all go well. There's many things that can go wrong, and you hope they don't. Um, we hope that there aren't separations and divorces on the team. We hope that none of the kids get to a point where they're cutting themselves or threatening suicide. Um, likely we'll run into pornography. That's pretty much, um, Christians aren't immune from that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, hopefully there's no volcanoes or earthquakes, but you never know. Um, hopefully there are no serious accidents or deaths of team members, but you never know. So um, these are things that, well, if and when they happen, the Lord will help us get through them. We have had a significant amount of training at this point. We've, we've completed five member care courses. And the key points that we took away was that the very first requirement for member care is listening, 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 and then listening some more, being very slow to speak. Um, the second most important thing that they say is that you need to be able to discern from the Holy Spirit things that aren't being said. And if you've got those two things, you'll do reasonably well. The third thing is knowing when it's over our pay grade and we need to refer them to professionals. And so um, those are some of the things that we've taken away. We've studied things like stress, conflict in marriage, um, Sabbath rest. Uh, those have been the big ones. Those are some, the, those of, the bigger some of the bigger ones. ones. And, mm -hmm. and realize that you will go through stress, mm -hmm. uh, particularly if you go into a cross-culture. You know, gee, we don't have to learn another language. They speak Greek there locally in, in Cyprus. But in the town we're going in, it, it, Cyprus is a former British colony. So a lot of people speak English, but we want to learn Greek so we can relate to our neighbors. Although our neighbors might be Chinese or Russian or British. Additionally, we've been asked to help onboard new staff to Cyprus once we get onboarded. Um, because there will be other folks that are already in the pipeline that will be coming to Cyprus to join the staff there. Um, we will be helping others to retire well. There's a bunch of retirements coming up on the staff there. These are long-term service folks that we wanna help them figure out how, to, how do we retire and go back to our passport country that isn't anywhere near the same as when we left. And all the folks we knew are elsewhere. And how do I fit in? Where? What should I do? Um, we'll have to. We'll have to help deal. Help folks deal with grief. Uh, a big one is when you're in the field. There's a death back home in the family, and you can't be there for that. 
You know, it'd be only afterwards, like, you know, a parent. Or we know of one of the staff there, they had a grandchild die while they were on the field. And that's hard. And then the other one is doing debriefing. Um, there's a couple of ways to debrief. Normally when you, as we serve, after a ter first term of service, about every three years, you get about three, three to four months in your home country, just as a furlough. Um, and you need to debrief before you go, just to say, what went on? What, did, how, what were the good things? What were the not so good things? Um, or you're retiring, which is a joyful time. I'm, I'm gonna retire and debrief that. Um, the other debriefing is if there is a critical incident or a traumatic event, the, all of the studies say you should be debriefed within 24 to 72 hours of the event, or you run about 10% of the folks that go through that will develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So debriefing is a very, very important part of the work. We would normally not be doing that kind of um, traumatic stress debriefing unless there was not a professional around. They said, it, you know, refer them to a professional, but if nothing else, you do it. So people say, what are our needs? We need prayer. I mentioned earlier that we've already experienced some spiritual opposition several weeks ago. We were both, at the same time, feeling pretty dry, pretty, you know, we just can't get through this. And then we verbalized it to each other, and it was gone. It was gone. But so we, so we need prayers. We have, we're moving out of our house in a week and a half. So we need to get everything packed up, get, you know, organize it. What of seven places is it going to go? Is it going to go to storage? Does it go to our family cottage and then go to Cyprus? Does it go directly to Cyprus? Does it go to our daughters? Um, do we get rid of it? Do we donate it? You know, and, and the emotional part of that is we have to touch everything. So that, that, that's a challenge for those of you that, are, that have moved. You know, it's not so bad, but in this case, you know, we're going and we're not coming back anytime soon. Um, so we need prayer. A lot of it. Um, people have also asked, what are your financial needs? And so for our pre-deployment, we are all but fully funded in all the things we need to be doing before we go. So we're in very good shape there. And then for our ongoing support, we're looking at about $300 a month that we need just for an ongoing basis. Uh, we're, we are self-funding about 80% of our, of our own costs. So we're doing that out of our retirement monies. Um, and then one of the other things that we do is we, we've had people, you know, when we send out our monthly newsletter, and if you want to get it and you don't get it yet, we'll have a sign up for it um, out in Information Central. Just put down your name and phone number and email address, and please write clearly. <laughs> or you can grab one of our... Write better than him. Yeah, write better than me. Uh, or you can take one of our cards and drop an email to either one of us, either Jay Walker at TWR.com or swalker at TWR.org, sorry. And we'll add you to the list. Um, but when, when we send out letters, just a note, sometimes a note back that says, we're praying for you today, or here's, here's our special prayer for you. And boy, does that lift our spirits immensely. And then we also like to pray for you. 
So, you know, if you want to just say, hey, could you pray for our daughter? Could you pray for our grandson? Could you pray for our neighbor? Could you pray for our up- my upcoming surgery or anything like that? Please keep us in the loop of how we can be praying for you too. That helps keep us connected with you guys. There's our email addresses, jwalker at twr.org or swalker at twr.org. I'm sorry, I can't read it from here. I just had cataract surgery a week and a half ago. So one of the things you can pray for us is you have your second cataract surgery the 28th of June. So please be in prayer for that, that that will go well as well for us. And that was a huge answer for prayer because one of two things was going to happen. Number one, it was going to happen during the week we could move, which meant that I can't lift, bend, or strain, i.e. do anything. And the other option was that it was going to be the day before we got on the plane to go to our training in Florida, which is on, uh, we leave on July 10th. So, but praise God, there was two days left on our calendar in June, and that's what they picked. And then if you have an interest in donating for us, you can go to twr.org slash walkers, and there's an S on it. And then you can read about us. Our, our prayer letters are there as well. There's a little video. And if you want to donate, you click on the donate button, and then that takes you to a screen where you can, can take care of that. Questions? Yes. Yes, the S Walker, right. Well, we've. Go ahead. We've recently changed the email. Um, It was coming from him, now it's coming from me. It's from us. What else? Oh, good question. When are we going to Cyprus? We have our tickets booked. We are leaving August 26th out of Chicago. Um, What we're gonna do is rent a car here one way, take it over, drop it off at the airport, and and then go. So that that is a great question, thank you. Yeah, so we're, what are we, 73, how many days away? I don't know. Anyway, August 26th, it's a Thursday, and we were able to secure tickets at a very attractive price, and it's only two, two flights from Chicago to Munich and Munich to Paphos. So it, that was a big answer to prayer as well. Okay, go ahead and repeat the question. Um, how are we doing for housing there? When we arrive, we are going to be staying in the home of one of the couples on the team there in Paphos who will be on home assignment. And um, they have a standalone home there, um, three bedrooms, two baths, and a pool, a jacuzzi, and a dog that we get to take care of. <laughs> and then when we get there, um, we will be looking almost right away for a place to move into. But we will likely stay at their house the entire time so we can uh, take care of Dan the dog. And, um, and we'll be hopefully getting our shipment while we're still there. We have looked at housing, um, there's a glut. So that 
serves us very, very well. Um, the prices are coming down because COVID has just sort of dried up the market. They were investing in all these new real estate projects and people stopped coming. So we are, we're getting there at a good time. The other question that people ask us is, gee, do you need a car? And the answer is, yes, we do. And they drive on, since they're a British colony, they drive on the other side of the road. We've done that one, so we know what it's like, but we will have to buy a car and then learn how to drive on the opposite side of the road. He gets to learn. <laughs> what else? People. Go ahead. Initially, most of our contact with the people that will be in our care will be via uh, telephone or, or um, Zoom teams, whatever um, you use there. Um, there are maybe about 15 people in the office in Paphos. There's a lar larger number than that, maybe about 20 I don't know, these numbers are skewed, but there's a number of more people in Bratislava, Slovakia. Um, there's a number of people in Barneveld, the Netherlands. Um, there's a small um, human resources department outside of Zurich, Switzerland. And then there's a few independent uh, people who are working from home remotely uh, throughout Europe. Um, our initial, what we were told initially is when uh, traveling resumes, we will have up to about six trips a year going from uh, going to vi visit various people. We'll probably hit two or three places at a time, especially if it's this, you know, one on one kind of things. So. These are TWR missionaries. Yes, we have a central office in Cyprus that we will be working out of, although people have been working out of their homes as well. We didn't say this as part of the presentation, but the mission organization that had the missionary guest house in Vienna was TWR. They are no longer there. They moved to Cyprus about two years ago, uh, for several reasons. Number one is the cost of living in Vienna was getting to be too much. And they were having trouble getting work visas in Austria. So they found that they, had to get, they could get a work visa much easier in Cyprus. So talk about the Lord's leading in, you know, in 2013 to now. Trish. They all speak English. Um, English is the, now I'm sure if you're in Bratislava and everybody who happens to be in the office today is Slovakian, I'm sure that they're speaking in Slovakian. But um, every one of them is, are English speakers and that is the, the language that business is done in. And the people we've talked to have very good English. 
GWR's, I'll, I'll call it US headquarters, is located in Cary, North Carolina. So we've been there a couple of times now for some training. We have to go back in early August for what they're calling our pre-departure orientation. Just one last thing before you go that we're going to, going to go do. So we've met a number of the staff there. Uh, that's where we did our interviews, and we've done some training there already. Um, good question. The question is, how will we be taking care of our own spiritual development? Um, first of all, devotions every day. Um, second of all, the, the, they have devotions. I don't know if it's daily, but certainly weekly in the office. And there are three or four evangelical churches in Paphos that are English-speaking that we have to choose from, as well as some that are a little further away. Um, we actually uh, listen to services in Paphos one Sunday morning, and uh, yeah. And we are required to belong to a church there, or attend a church there. Thank you so much for allowing us to share our story um, as to what the Lord is calling us to do. Um, part of our journey was, I was originally going to retire in April, two months ago. But the Lord sped that up for us. And we are so grateful that he called me not to work so we could do this and, and get ready to go. What a, what a blessing that was. Those of you may remember, I lost my job about three years ago. Um, and in retrospect, that was one of, the, one of the best things that ever happened to me. But it was a kick in the gut. This one, when they said, take, you know, take an opportunity for an unpaid leave of absence, we went, yes, <laughs> we can go do this. And it was joyful. Our next trip back here is August, August 8th, 8th will be our next and final time here. Mm, 15th. 15th? It's is our it? grandson's birthday that day. Oh, okay. So we'll be here. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Somebody else's grandson's birthday that day too. 15th. Elliot. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. our granddaughters as well. Our no, grandsons. grandson. Our grandson and Elliot were born the very same day, just hours apart. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thanks for the team for helping make this ready to go. We appreciate that very much. And, you know, we'll, we'll be around a little bit here yet if you want to chat with us privately or whatever. But again, thank you very much. And we did bring a couple things about TWR along with us, and we'll put those out that you can take a look at them, too. Well, that's, uh, it's been a, a privilege to have you be part of our church for these years that you've been in Wyoming area, and you've been faithful, and I got to be in a spiritual formation group with Jim, and that was a, 
I'm thrilled to hear your story and to understand who you are and, and your faithfulness to Jesus. And so these are good things. And you're not a member of our church, but you've been a, a partner with our church. And so um, it's a privilege for us to give you this opportunity. Um, let me close in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we, we ask you specifically now for Jim and Sue that you would... Um, First of all, guard their hearts in this uh, difficult time of making decisions with possessions and, and plans and schedules. And may they um, freely give to you all of these details and, and to continue to rejoice in how you're leading them. So we just pray for that and that you will protect them from spiritual dryness and it's, um, it's possible and it's, it's almost predictable that those who give themselves to serving Jesus like this are um, become a target of discouragement in the enemy and it's easy to um, misunderstand what's going on. And so we just pray that you'll strengthen them on the inner being and, and remind them of Jesus' love all the time. We pray for their the people that they will be serving, that these brothers and sisters in Christ who are working right now around the world may be in thankless, behind-the-scenes jobs, supporting the broadcast of the Word of God throughout uh, all these nations and to such a large audience. We know such good radio programs have had great fruit in producing believers and to change the heart. And so we just ask that you would um, equip Jim and Sue especially to, to meet the needs of these workers and that they would provide that soul care and that they would feel supported and that they would realize that they're not alone in the work and that we as the greatest body, the greater body of Christ, would all be able to communicate to them that we care and we're letting Jim and Sue be our representative in that sense. And so we just pray that you would bless their impact on this ministry. We pray for the name of the Lord Jesus to be made great. It is a sad thing that many times missionary endeavors are, are um, unsuccessful because of interpersonal conflicts where sinners were broken. And so we just pray that uh, in these moments that'll be clear that Jesus is leading and guiding and helping to resolve conflict and helping to help people to serve one another and so we just pray that you would do the extra work of of protecting Jesus's name may there not be scandal or disaster in in Transworld Radio and that these efforts would be not um, corrupted by financial gain or interest but that people would understand the privilege it is to spread the word of Jesus. And so we ask you these things and pray that you would bless the rest of this evening now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you are dismissed. Thank you for coming. <laughs>